1 Samuel chapter 9, verse 1. Now there was a man of Benjamin whose name was Kish, the son of Abiel, the son of Zeror, the son of Becherath, the son of Aphiah, the son of the Benjamite, a mighty man of valor. This is a warrior from Benjamin named Kish, too, and he had a son whose name was Saul, young and goodly, and there was not among the children of, of Israel a goodlier person than he. From his shoulders and upward, he was higher than any of the people. Saul was very tall, and he was a whole head taller than all of the people of Israel. And traditionally, people put a lot of confidence in a really tall man. Somehow, it means to other people that that man is very strong and powerful. It's like a, a symbol of power. It's kind of like a universal thing. Him being so tall, he would be somebody that the people would really want to follow. 3. Now the asses of Kish, Saul's father, were lost. And Kish said to Saul his son, Take now one of the servants with thee, and arise, go seek the asses, which are the donkeys that his father lost. 4. And he passed through the hill country of Ephraim, and passed through the land of Shalishah, but they found them not. Then they passed through the land of Shalim, and there they were not. And they passed through the land of the Benjamites, but they found them not. Saul went looking for his father's donkeys all throughout the land of Benjamin, but he couldn't find the donkeys anywhere. They really wandered far. 15. When they were come to the land of Zeph, Saul said to his servant that was with him, Come and let us return, lest my father leave caring for the asses and become anxious concerning us. That was wise. Saul knows that if they're gone too long, his father will be more concerned for them than for the donkeys. 6. And he said unto him, Behold now, there is in this city a man of God. That's the servant talking, telling Saul, Well, there is a man of God in this city, and he is a man that is held in honor. All that he saith cometh surely to pass. Now let us go thither, peradventure he can tell us concerning our journey whereon we go. Peradventure means perhaps. The servant is saying, Since there is a wise man here in this city, let's go ask him where the donkeys are because perhaps he'll be able to tell us. 7. Then Saul said to his servant, But behold, if we go, what shall we bring the man? For the bread is spent in our vessels, and there is not a present to bring to the man of God. What have we? Traditionally, people would bless the Lord for the prophecy by giving the prophet something. But you'll find in the Bible that true prophets never accept anything from the people. And Samuel is a true prophet. He won't take anything. Because when you take a gift from somebody, whether it's money or food or anything else, it compromises you so that you can't speak the truth to that person anymore. Because you'll want to say something favorable to them. And that's why God commanded that prophets never receive gifts or money. Because then they only want to tell people good things. And that's why today, every prophet on the internet only wants to tell people good things, and they all receive donations. There's a connection. You can't be a true prophet when you receive donations, because you're compromised, and you want to say favorable things to the people who are giving you money. If you call yourself a prophet and you receive donations, it means that you're really a false prophet, because God commanded that prophets don't take bribes. But every prophet today alive, they all take bribes. They all take donations. They're not speaking the truth. 
8. And the servant answered Saul again and said, Behold, I have in my hand the fourth part of a shekel of silver. That will I give to the man of God to tell us our way. But they don't realize that that's not how God works. 9. Before time in Israel, when a man went to inquire of God, thus he said, Come and let us go to the seer. For he that is now called a prophet was before time called a seer. S-E-E-R is pronounced seer, and it means somebody who can see the future because God tells them. So that's what we call a prophet today. The ancient word is seer because they can see things. 10. Then said Saul to his servant, Well said, come, let us go. They went unto the city where the man of God was. 11. As they went up to the ascent up to the city, they found young maidens going out to draw water, and said unto them, Is the seer here? 12. And they answered them, and said, He is. Behold, he is before thee. Make haste now, for he is to come today into the city, for the people have a sacrifice today in the high place. Now the high places were used for pagan altars. The high places are the hills. But at this time, because Samuel is leading Israel and has told them not to have pagan altars, they're now using the high places as altars for God. 13. As soon as ye are come into the city, ye shall straightway find him, before he go up to the high place to eat. For the people will not eat until he come, because he doth bless the sacrifice, and afterwards they eat that are bidden. Now therefore get you up, for at this time ye shall find him. The young girls tell Saul and his servant, you need to hurry up, because they've already done the sacrifice, and all they're waiting for is for Samuel to show up and bless the food, and then they'll all eat. You need to get to Samuel before he goes to bless the sacrifice, because then you won't be able to get to him, because he'll be busy eating and fellowshipping with the people. 14. And they went up to the city, and as they came within the city, behold, Samuel came out toward them to go up to the high place. They were crossing his path. 15. Now the Lord had revealed unto Samuel a day before Saul came, saying, 16. Tomorrow about this time I will send thee a man out of the land of Benjamin, and thou shalt anoint him to be prince over my people Israel, and he shalt save my people out of the hand of the Philistines, for I have looked upon my people, because their cry is come unto me. Samuel, when God told him that he would give the people a king, he hadn't told them who the king should be yet. And so Samuel waited for the Lord to tell him who the king would be. And now the Lord has told him the king is going to be Saul, the Benjamite, who comes to you the next day. 17. And when Samuel saw Saul, the Lord spoke unto him, Behold, the man of whom I said unto thee, This same shall have authority over my people. 18. Then Saul drew near to Samuel in the gate, and he said, Tell me, I pray thee, where the seer's house is. 19. And Samuel answered Saul and said, I am the seer. Go up before me unto the high place, for ye shall eat with me today, and in the morning I will let thee go, and will tell thee all that is in thy heart. Samuel says, You need to go and eat the feast with me, and then tomorrow I'll tell you what you want to know. 20. And as for thine asses that were lost three days ago, set not thy mind on them, for they are found. And on whom is all the desire of Israel? Is it not on thee and on all thy father's house? He said, Your father already found the donkeys, so you don't need to worry about them anymore. And all of Israel wants you to be their king. That's what he said in so many words. 21. And Saul answered and said, Am not I a Benjamite of the smallest of the tribes of Israel, and my family 
the least of all the families of the tribe of Benjamin? Wherefore then speakest thou to me after this manner? So again, as we've seen numerous times in the Bible, God takes the lowest and makes them the greatest, because Saul is from the smallest and the last tribe born to Israel, and he's from a very small family. 22. And Samuel took Saul and his servant and brought them into the chamber and made them sit in the chiefest place among them that were bidden, who were about 30 persons. There were 30 special people that were invited to eat with Samuel at the feast. Not the whole town is invited, only the most important people. And Samuel has placed Saul at the head of the table. And nobody even knows who Saul is. 23. And Samuel said unto the cook, Bring the portion which I gave thee, of which I said unto thee, set it by thee. There's a special portion of food that Samuel had saved for this future king. 24. And the cook took up the thigh and that which was upon it, and set it before Saul. And Samuel said, Behold, that which hath been reserved, set it before thee, and eat, because unto the appointed time hath it been kept for thee. For I said, I have invited the people. So Saul did eat with Samuel that day. And Samuel just told him, I had this food waiting just for you. 25. And when they were come down from the high place into the city, he spoke with Saul upon the housetop. They're on the rooftop of the house that Samuel is staying at. 26. And they arose early, and it came to pass about the break of day, that Samuel called to Saul on the housetop, saying, Up, that I may send thee away. And Saul arose, and they went out, both of them, he and Samuel abroad. 27. As they were going down at the end of the city, Samuel said to Saul, Bid the servant pass on before us, and he passed on. But stand thou still at this time, that I may cause thee to hear the word of God. The previous night, before they went to bed, Samuel and Saul had a conversation on the rooftop. The Bible doesn't tell us specifically what they talked about. Maybe it was just Samuel trying to get to know who Saul was and what kind of a person he was, because Samuel has already heard from the Lord that he's going to be a very hard king, and he's going to take advantage of the people. Maybe Samuel also wanted to give him advice that was fit for a king. But the next morning, Samuel walks out of the city with Saul, and then he sends the servant ahead of them so that they can talk privately. And we'll find out what Samuel says in the next chapter. I want to point out that Samuel never took the silver from Saul that Saul had planned on giving him. Instead, Samuel served Saul a huge feast that Samuel had been saving for Saul. And at the end of Samuel's career, he will testify to the people that he never took a penny from anyone or a gift from anyone, and the Israelites will confirm that it's true, that he indeed never took anything from anyone. And that concludes 1 Samuel chapter 9.